Welcome to New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, where we envision to build a biblical community of loving believers, which have a personal relationship with God and each other, modeling the pattern of lifestyle of Jesus Christ. Join us now as we prepare our hearts and minds to hear and receive the Word of God from the man of God, Senior Pastor Rev. Nathaniel Wood. Turn with me to the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel, chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. 1 Samuel, chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. And from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures, we read these words. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. Verse 2, all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. From there, David went to Mizpah in Moab and said to the king of Moab, Would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold. Verse 5, But the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold, Go into the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Hereth. The word of God to the people of God. After the next selection from my mail course, I want to talk with you from this subject. How God helps us to survive in the wilderness. How God helps us to what? To survive in the wilderness. How God helps us, helps me to survive. In the wilderness. Sing, Mel Chorus. I thought 
that I would be number one. I thought I could be Your time now. well me. I thought I could fly in sink and sand, but I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I thought that I could be, could be number one. I thought I What I wanted to be, I thought I could be on life sinking sand, but I can't even walk without.
that have come in my life if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side and on your side. How God helps us to survive in the wilderness. My brothers and sisters, on last Sunday, I shared with you the sermon titled, I Am a Survivor. The sermon was taken from the book of Job, chapter 1, verses 13 through 21. I shared with you the fact that there were some of us who have lived a life that has been riveted by trial, trouble, and pain. I suggested on last Sunday that trial, trouble, and tragedy are equal opportunity afflictions that practice no discrimination. We don't have to seek them, but we cannot avoid them because trial, trouble, and tragedy will find all of us. Trial, trouble, and tragedy will show up at any time, at any place, and for anybody. I'm here to tell you that you and I can avoid them because no one, regardless of faith, family, fitness, or finances, has a future without trials, troubles, and tragedies. I shared the truth that even though we love God, come to church, 
and try to keep our life spiritually on track. Trial, trouble, and tragedy will appear somewhere on our life's agenda. This reality was illustrated in the scriptural text for last Sunday. We were introduced to a brother named Job. Remember Job? The first thing that we were told about Job is that he was blameless and upright before God. He feared or reverenced God and shunned evil. We were told that Job was a family man. He had a wife, seven sons, and three daughters. <laughs> we also learned that Job was wealthy. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. The Bible told us that Job was the greatest man among the people of the East. I told you on last Sunday that the devil and his cohorts do not want to see us blessed and operating in the favor of God. But I also told you that even Job, though Job was blessed with wealth and greatness, Job did not allow his blessings to become his burdens. So the Bible told us that one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them. And I revealed the truth that even Satan, the devil, has to still answer to God. That's right. Even the devil can't do whatever he wants. He is still subject to God. And the Bible told us that God asked Satan, where have you come from? God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? God says there's no one on earth like him. He's blameless, upright, fears or reverences me and shuns evil. And Satan responded, remember, does Job reverence you for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? Just stretch out your hand and strike everything he has. And he will surely curse you to your face. God gave permission to Satan to touch all that Job had around him. But he told him not to what? Touched Job's life. And Satan left from the presence of the Lord. And then on one particular day, four, somebody say four, 
four messengers came to Job with terrible news that affected his material goods and his family. Job lost his oxen, donkeys, sheep, camels, his servants, and all of his children on one day. Each messenger reported to Job that they were the only one who escaped to tell him of what happened. I told you to notice with me that in the midst of all the trial, trouble, and tragedy that Job faced, that there was always one person who survived. And I share with you the truth that no matter how terrible our trials, troubles, or tragedies, God will always leave a witness or a survivor to testify of his keeping power. And I ask us the question, why has God allowed us to survive? And I share with you that God allowed us to survive in order for us to testify of his power. God chose us to tell our story on how he delivered us, set us free, and made a way for us. I also suggested to us on last Sunday that another reason why God allowed us to survive the trials, troubles, and tragedies was because God knew that we would still give him the praise and glory even through the trials, troubles, and tragedies. Remember, after all that Job had gone through, Job had the audacity to say, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has what? Taken away, but made the name of the Lord be praised. So today, I want to piggyback off last Sunday's message and title today's message as how God helps us to survive in the wilderness. Come on, say, I'm a survivor. That's right. Remember that you are a survival even though you have wilderness experiences. In the verses that precede our selected scriptural text for today, we find David is on the run from King Saul. King Saul has tried 
to kill David twice by pinning David to the wall with his javelin. King Saul was jealous of David ever since David defeated the Philistine giant named Goliath. Y'all remember what happened? The women of Saul's kingdom, upon their arrival back to the city, began to sing, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. And from the time that King Saul heard what the women were singing, he eyed David with contempt. Remember, New Providence and friends, that King Saul was David's father-in-law. Remember, King Saul gave his daughter named Michael to David to be his wife. It was the intention of King Saul to have Michael lead to David's downfall. But Michael fell in love with David and refused to turn David over to her father's ill will. And since Michael refused to turn David over to King Saul, King Saul tried to use the relationship that his son Jonathan had with David against David. But the Bible says that Jonathan and David's hearts were knit together. And Jonathan allowed David to escape from his father. David flees from King Saul and goes into the enemy's territory. He goes and tries to live among King Achish and the Philistines in Gath. The Bible says when the servants of King Achish saw David among them, they said to King Achish, isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And the Bible says that David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of King Achish of Gad. So, he pretended, somebody say he pretended. He pretended to be insane in their presence. And let me pause right here and say that fear, somebody say fear, 
Fear can make you and I act insane. Especially irrational fear. I'm talking about the fear that people have when they think that everybody is after them. A person who thinks that way is subject to do some crazy things. Oh, why y'all so quiet in here? Come on, let's be honest with one another. Is there anybody present or watching or listening on the phone who is willing to admit that they have had a few moments of temporary insanity? I, I can't speak for you, but I confess that I have had a few moments over my 63 years of living that I suffered with a moment of temporary insanity. But somebody say, thank God, thank God. that he brought me and you out of our insanity alive. We survived. Somebody say, I survived the moments that I've had. <sighs> David was afraid for his life. And he acted temporarily insane until he escaped to the wilderness. And let me say right here that running from what you are afraid of will drive you into the wilderness. And there are some of us who are watching and listening today who have run or have been driven into the wilderness by a King Saul or King Achish personality. Some of us determine that the only place for us to escape is in the wilderness. And let me ask this question. New Providence, have you ever spent time in the wilderness? I, I, I want to know, have you spent any time in the wilderness? And you know, Dr. Heggie, what I discovered? I discovered that your wilderness may not look like my wilderness, but we still are in the wilderness. Somebody said, well, Pastor, what is the wilderness? 
The wilderness is a place of diminished hope. The wilderness is a place of isolation. The wilderness is a place of low provision. The wilderness is a place of uncertainty. And the wilderness is a place of loneliness. Let me ask again. Have you spent any time in the wilderness? David finds himself running into the wilderness. David is in hiding. And the Bible says that David runs into a cave in the wilderness called Agilum. And when David gets to the cave, guess what? Initially, David is alone. He is by himself in the dark, damp, and dismal cave. And let me say right here that it's tough enough to be in the wilderness by yourself, but to be in a cave alone is adding insult to injury. Can I, can I give you five more minutes? David might have thought as he sat in the cave, where is God? I thought God said that he was a very present help in the time of trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm having trials. I'm having tribulation. Where is God? David may have felt like God had abandoned him. And I want to know if the time you spent in the wilderness, did you feel that God had abandoned you. But. Somebody say but. But to David's surprise. He discovers. That God was working behind the scenes. To send him some help in the wilderness. And I stopped by New Providence to let you know that God is sending you some help to help you survive in the wilderness. Somebody say, thank God 
for help. Well, well, Pastor Wood, who did God send to help David survive in the wilderness? It's right there in the text. Verse 1 tells us David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Listen, when his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. Sometimes God will send family to help you survive in the wilderness. That is why you should never write your family off. I know they sometimes may say things that hurt you and trouble you. But there is nothing like having family around you. Am I right about it? A good family will stick with you through thick and thin. And guess what I discovered? That when we are all in the wilderness together, pettiness is forgotten. When we all are in the wilderness Together, past sins are forgiven. Sometimes, God will send your family members to go with you through your wilderness. I'm about through. Somebody say, thank God for family. And secondly, sometimes God will send others, somebody say others, some others to help you survive in the wilderness. Where you get that from, Pastor Wood? Verse 2 tells us that all those who were in distress or in debt, or discontented, gathered around him, and he became their commander. And the Bible says it was about 400 men. Lean over and tell your neighbor, God will send others to help you survive in the wilderness. You know, Reverend Lucas, what is interesting to me? That these other folk who joined David in the wilderness sound like a group of church folk. 
Listen how, listen how they are described. They are in distress, in debt, and discontent. Ask your neighbor, what category do you fall in? Know this new providence and friends with me that all of them were in the same wilderness. All of them, somebody say all of them had something in common. And let me say right here, we ought to thank God that he has placed us together with others who can help us get through our wilderness experiences. What are you saying, Pastor? Thank God that you're in a church with others who can identify with you as you go through your wilderness experiences. Your wilderness may not be my wilderness, but we both are still in the wilderness. And the song made popular by Kirk Franklin is true and a good way to end this sermon. He said, I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. You are what? Important to me. I need you. Somebody say, I need you. To survive. Thank God that he sends us help to survive in the wilderness. Come on, stand your feet all over the church. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's Word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Varina, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.NewProvidenceBaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.